Swanston Gazette acknowledges and pays respect to the owners of the land on which the RMIT studios stand, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations. The Swanston Gazette also acknowledges and pays respect to the elders and traditional owners of the lands our content reaches. Hello everyone and welcome to The Rundown. My name is Alicia and today I'm here with Adam. How are you going, Adam? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Very excited to make another appearance on the best podcast in Melbourne, made by the best uni students in Melbourne, a part of the best course in Melbourne. Oh, wow. (laughs) What are the big, big news stories of the week? So, Mo Redeeming has been expelled from the Victorian Liberal Party in a 19 to 11 vote from her colleagues. Former NRL star Jared Hayne will serve a maximum of four years and nine months in jail for sexual assault charges. The Albanese government has approved its first coal mine since taking power. Developed by Bowen Coking Coal, the coal mine is planned for 28 kilometres east of Maroomba, expected to produce about 500,000 tonnes of coal a year for five years. KFC has launched a range of fashion merchandise in Australia, with profits from the sales supporting Aussie youth mental health wellbeing through charity partners. ASOS, the UK-based online fashion retailer, has reported a first-half loss due to decreased spending on non-essential items amid a cost-of-living crisis, causing a 10% fall in revenue. I feel like the cost of living crisis kind of give given rise like a bit of renaissance to the um to like the off shops again. Oh yeah. Like the amount of stuff even like even someone who's like I'm quite fortunate to be able to live around the city. I live with my parents, so I don't have to worry about many of the cost of living pressures. But even though I'm like I'd rather kind of if I can buy a shirt for ten bucks compared to buying a shirt for sixty bucks, you only want shoes. I can only imagine people such as yourself who kind of live on their own paying the rent. Um, what kind of decision they would have to make. Oh, yeah, I'm an upshop lover, absolutely. We love it, but in terms of things that are definitely necessity for life, health, and I feel like you've got a uh, bit of a story this week about it. Yeah, so millions of Australians will receive better access to free GP visits under a $3.5 billion budget measure that will triple out the financial reward for doctors who don't charge their most vulnerable patients any out-of-pocket costs. The changes will apply to about 11.6 million children, concession card holders, and pensioners whose GPs will receive a $20.65 bonus if they work in the city and a $39.65 bonus in the country's most rural areas if they bulk bill. What are some of the political, political commentators saying about this decision? Yeah, so a health, policy, a health policy analyst and former senior public servant of two decades with the Federal Department of Health, Charles Muskell Knight, said to The Guardian that the bulk billing incentive increases announced in the budget will encourage GPs already bulk billing to keep doing so, but will not reverse the trend of practices charging some patients a private fee or scrapping bulk billing altogether. He said that if you're a GP currently charging patients a gap fee of $50, then unless you get the same amount of money from bulk billing, then you're not going to change as the extra incentives are nothing close to that much. I think it's definitely an interesting debate when it comes to like medicine and um, finance. Like, you, you, we all wish for the two to be kind of separate, but at the end of the day, these GPs are working to make a living. So I think the decision will basically lessen the kind of financial burden they may be under. And I think it gives, like, people who are on the poorer side of the um, wealth spectrum, I think, more accessibility for all. Yeah, what's your experience with getting bulk billed it? I think, so my experience with GPs in my area has definitely been a bit mixed. I think when I was kind of younger, they were definitely a lot more bulk billed than they are now. I know, like, the biggest clinic in my area recently announced they were kind of charging more out-of-pocket fees. And I get why they do it. Yeah, absolutely. I found that in my area, well, my specifically GP clinic, I used to get bulk billed a lot, but the current rates are ni- uh, $89 per session. And I've been sick a lot recently. So Ooh. it has been like, oh, it's been so hard. So, yeah, I really do hope that these changes in the bulk mm. billing um, will have a positive effect. But, yeah, it's really hard to tell. 
Um, so, safe to say we're both making great use of our Zyrtec and Panadol at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. I do believe there's a bit of exciting news with the uh, the Swanson Gazette. Yeah, so on the 22nd of May, we are going to be printing our first print edition of the Swanston Gazette. Um, there'll be a range of features from RMIT students, Swanston Gazette writers, photographers. Yeah, it's going to be a really exciting day. So going into our next topic, which I've heard that you're very passionate about, we have a super fan in the house. Lovely listeners, it is the most wonderful time of the year. It is not Christmas, it is not Easter, it is not my birthday, which we will all be invited to later on this year. <laughs> Party of the century, that is for sure. But no, it is the three best days of the year out of 366. It is Eurovision week, people. And the two semi-finals have concluded and the finalists have been announced, including Australia. Yeah, so essentially uh, Perth and Voyager sent the Liverpool Arena crowd into raptures this morning with their high-paced, high-energy song, Promise. I reckon the Aussies are a big chance of taking out. The, boy- the boys and ladies uh, did really well to the crowd tonight. But I reckon if I had to give some uh, some best if anyone's a betting man or betting lady, I'd definitely say uh, Switzerland with Lorraine. Um, Tattoo is an absolute banger at the moment. So that and um, Austria's song Edgar Allan Poe, named Ooh. after the um, definitely recommend is uh, named after the author. Yeah, it's a it's a trip that's for sure. Yeah, I definitely say those two um, and Spain's Aiyaya. Believe not, that's the name of it by <laughs> Bianca Paloma. Those are my three picks for anybody listening. But be sure to tune in. On 5 o'clock Sunday morning on SPS if you want to tune in. You heard it here first. That's the best segment we've done this year, undoubtable. <laughs> I think it's time to move into the world of clothes. Before I start on this, um, when we were reading over a script, I would like to say that Adam pronounced Chanel as Channel. <laughs> hey, it's my favourite. I, lo- I love Chanel. I love Channel number, uh, sh- channel number 7, Channel number 9, Channel number 10. Is the song wait? Is the song like Chanel number? F- no, it's Mumbo number five, not Mumbo Chanel. Mumbo number five. Yeah. Yeah, so I thought it was Chanel number five. The perf- No, no, no. The perfume, Chanel number five. Oh, there we go. Yeah. I'm more of a Lynx Africa person myself. <laughs> yep. Okay, so Chanel takes Hollywood by storm with kitschy cruise collection launch. So Chanel has gone to Hollywood with a night of kitsch Americana to launch its exclusive cruise collection. The show featured pastel-toned screwball Hollywood classic looks of Clueless, Almost Famous and I, Tonya, with models wearing varsity-style leather jackets, twinned with hot pants, Chanel logo leg warmers, and a rainbow dip-dyed mini cufftain. The event was held on Paramount Studios' lot, but the tone of Hollywood escapism hit a jarring note in the context of the writers' strike. Chanel assured guests that they would not be in violation of the strike by being on property to attend the event. The confident tone of the show reflects a strong business growth, with annual sales in 2021 reaching $15.6 billion. Yeah, that's a massive amount. And a rise of 22.9% on pre-pandemic figures. I'll be honest, that whole story, just remind, the one word I took out of that story was uh, Clueless. And Clueless is definitely one of my uh, favourite movies going back for obvious reasons. Um, Growing up, I will admit Alicia Silverstone was definitely a bit of a childhood crush of mine, that's for sure, a bit of a slip crush. Oh yeah, absolutely. Nicely, I mean, I'm uh, adding so much to the conversation as always. (laughs) (laughs) The fashion is iconic in that movie. Uh, it's so good. Yeah, um, that, that's what I remember about that, that, that movie, the fashion. <laughs> <laughs> so on to our next fashion story. So the Victoria's Secret fashion show reimagined as the Victoria's Secret World Tour, featuring 20 global designers. So the Victoria's Fe- Secret fashion show is making a comeback and will be reinvented as the Victoria's Secret World Tour. The new live event, which will be streamed and made into a feature-length documentary, is set to showcase the talents of 20 designers from across the globe. 
alongside Custom Victoria's Secret Creations. No, I think um, I think Victoria, the Victoria's Secret brand, had to change because for years their fashion shows were just con- these absolutely gorgeous-looking ladies, but they are all very much the same. They all, again, they all look like supermodels, and the reality is that not everybody looks like a supermodel. Yeah, we've all got our lumps, we've all got our bumps. So I think the decision to then kind of go down the more to basically change it up and to basically kind of can it, I think in this day and age, especially with regards to what's happened with the Me Too movement and er- the way society has changed the last couple of years, I think that was a very smart decision from my point of view. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. I think that around the time that they stopped the show in 2019 um, because of the scandals and the criticism was also a time when we kind of started talking about like the toxicness of modelling culture, about eating disorders. Mm. Um yeah, it's just going to be really interesting to see how they take this in a new direction that's kind of away from their, like, mm. original very, like, very skinny, very thin models that they're very well known for. I think it was kind of like the end of the era, the kind of sudden, like, the late 80s, early, early um, like, early 90s, which regards, like, you look at, you kind of look at those photos from the era, like, Kate Moss, Cindy Crawford, and again, they all look, again, stunning, but there's just, there's not really anything on them. Yeah. They don't look realistic. They're kind of not even Photoshop, the kind of way they looks like, do all customers of Victoria's Secret kind of look like that? No. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I think hopefully that kind of the 2019, that kind of cancelling, that kind of that marks the end of that era where, like, to be a model, you have to literally be look like a superhero in terms of looks. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like when, like, the Victoria's Secret fashion show was really hitting its peak in the mid-2010s, um, there was a really, that's when YouTube was also really big and the amount of videos you would get being like Victoria's Secret model, like what I eat in a day, like, mm. and it's just like crazy unrealistic. So, yeah, I really hope they take this mm. in a more progressive way that really does like showcase a better range of models and just people in society. I think to be a brand new, you have to kind of know what your customers want, but you also have to relate to your customers. Yeah. Like, let's be honest, who's going to be, I mean, I'm not one for fashion, I don't make the decision, but who's going to be wanting to spend like, Twenty twenty five thousand dollars on like a on like a, a gold sequin or a jewel sequin bra. Let's be honest, I don't think we've got that. Most people have that kind of hiding in their back pocket to to make that financial decision. So, I think yeah, in this day and age, to be a successful brand, you have to know what your customers want. As always, but you also have to be relatable. Basically, for we can all agree that kind of like for that kind of ten fifteen year period in which they were peaking, they attracted views, heaps of attention, but were they representing kind of what their customers want, their customers' brand? No, and I think it's kind of clear that society has changed, but also like the um, their customers probably what their customers want and kind of all their kind of d- marketing dynamics of kind of the research has done. It's clear the times have changed one way or the other. Yeah, absolutely. And if someone doesn't feel like a brand represents them, then they will go to other brands that do represent them. So I think that this is kind of like a very necessary change for Victoria's Secret to survive. Um, yeah, it's really interesting. Isabella, I hope you're uh, proud of me. I like to think I'm learning a little bit more each week when it comes to the fashion. I'm kind of chipping, chipping in where I can. Self-improvement, that is uh, that is my little speciality, I like to think. Oh, yeah. He's being educated. Um, S- slowly but surely. It's a mentoring program. Yep. You can educate me in this part. So what is our sports news of the week, Adam? So a couple big sporting news coming out of this week. Essentially, biggest one to come out is that the Port Adelaide Power and Melbourne Demons will be changing their names to Yatapuli and um, respectfully to this year's Doug- Sir Doug Nicholas Round. The Round highlights the contribution Aboriginals and Torres Strait Islanders have made to the Australian football community. Yatapuli, in the local Korma language, is the name for the areas located around the Port River in Adelaide. Nam in Wairarung refers to the one scrubland of the now Greater Melbourne CBD area. 
Fans of both the Demons and Power have been supportive of the club decisions, both in person and on social media. It's quite appropriate that these two sides will actually launch the uh, round on Friday night. Uh, not this Friday night, uh, next Friday night for the Indigenous round. So I think it's a really good, both kind of connection with local community, both p- from a PR perspective, but also from a, um, just from like a connecting with the local community. I reckon that's um, a really good thing. Like I've got mates who are Port or uh, D's fans and they're really supportive of it. Yeah. Do you think this should be something that's more than a single round change or do you support that it's only for one round? I think that a single round makes it unique. And because at the end of the day is that, like I know kind of, especially with Nam, it's getting more popular around some of the local, um, like especially the local in this area. A lot of people don't say they're from Melbourne, they're from Nam. But the reality is that it's a very kind of like, it's a more small kind of cluster of people that are still in the grand scheme of things. Like if you kind of go out to the suburbs, people aren't going to say they're from Nam. Like you kind of, you're more kind of like your more kind of blue collar workers that just don't say Melbourne. It's kind of different when you kind of see from from like a uni perspective. Like uni students were really educated on this, but you have to remember a lot of people still aren't very educated on this, so they might not be a- in the loop kind of all the complexity of it and why they're making that decision. Yeah. But I think from a PR perspective, yeah, it's a very good decision. But also from like as I said before, from a connecting with the community, and basically yeah, just kind of just kind of working with the elders of the community and kind of asking the Aboriginal and then Torres Strait Islander um, population, like, what what can we do to help you to kind of, like, create more reconciliation and create more progress? I think it's a really good decision. Yeah. I would like to see it, like, yeah, featured a bit more away from just the one round, but I also do see that the clubs are kind of obviously built their name around, like, Melbourne. Like, it's a very much a brand thing. So it is a, it is a tricky... Um, mm. a I tricky topic. I think it's one of those things is like there's no, I mean like most things in life it's all very grey. There's no right answer in life. But I think they're trying. The people with power are trying to make change and they're actually communicating with people who are directly affected by this. Like for us uh, who um, aren't Aboriginal or Torres Strait Islander, most of Indigenous Round just consists of watching Dreamtime and kind of looking at, looking at like just kind of say the jumpers look amazing. But it's really yeah. cool to kind of like they're actually getting in touch with like Indigenous artists and they're kind of designing it all. And kind of the, these jumpers are telling a story. Like, I know the Geelong one's fantastic this year. And, but also hearing from the other side, this is what actually represents is like the local Geelong community. This is what we want our people to kind of look at a jump and kind of see it actually belongs to us. It's really cool. Yeah, the jumpers are, they're always so cool. Like, the artists who make them, like, yeah. And I will say, um, Richmond and Geelong at the G tomorrow. Hopefully my boys can get up. Do you reckon your, uh, your uh, doggies are going to take on the blue bat? take down the blue baggers i really hope so it's been a very up and down season um in bond we trust in bond we trust in bond we always trust <laughs> <laughs> the all-conquering blackburn cacophobics have locked up the regular season title in section five of the open of the open doubles of the blackburn district night tennis association league by the heroic the amazing the unbeatable adam miller the Kakaphobics now sit three games clear on top of the table and will look to keep their good form heading into this week's match against Box Hill South. I feel like that name is really familiar. Is I think I know an Adam Miller. Are you sure? Are you sure? No clue, honestly, who we, we could be talking about. I heard, he's a, I heard he's a nice guy, a great podcaster. Yeah, and clearly a tennis champion. Oh, exactly. Rafa and Joker are nothing on this. Oh, yeah. Well, thank you very much for listening to this week's episode.